Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that obtain like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put all you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance." For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We also have a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star riseth in your heart, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. All right. Return, if you will where Brother Gene left us a while ago. So we're in the second in the second book of Peter. 
second book of Peter in chapter 1. Now for quite some time, our lessons have been focused on the necessity uh, of God's Word to His children. It truly is the manna from heaven. Jesus Christ is the Word. John tells us that Jesus Christ is the Word. The Word, He is the Word from from Genesis all the way through Revelation. He's found everywhere. And the manna from heaven, even the, the actual physical manna that God provided for His children in the desert is representative of Him because it gave them daily life. God's Word is the exact same way for His children. It is spiritual food for us to be consumed every day. Now, we pointed out in the past that if uh, the Israelites had just, they could have just walked out there and walked all over the manna and not recognized it as being God's provision for their need, and it wouldn't have given them any nourishment. It wouldn't have given them any strength to do what they needed to do on a daily basis. And certainly, uh, even God's people, to some degree, are guilty of this very thing. In other words, our Bible gets dust on it sometimes because we don't physically partake of what God has given us spiritually. So, we've looked at a a lot of different aspects of the necessity uh, of God's Word. We looked at the fact that we are on a predestined destination, that we are coming together in the unity of the faith unto a perfect man or a perfect person. That is our destination. In Romans 8, a little uh, before where Brother Chuck was this morning, we are told that we are predestined to be conformed to His image. And that process, God does everything uh, by means, doesn't He? And by processes that He gives us. The process of us being changed or conformed to the image of Christ, being more Christ-like, being uh, come in the unity of the faith unto a perfect person, God brings us there by means. And one of the means that He brings us there by is meditation, partaking of His Word. And when we partake of His Word, as we do on a daily basis, because we recognize, thank God for the enlightenment, that He has caused us to recognize our need of Him, and He is in His Word. So this process includes prayerful study of God's Word. We're growing every day in faith to trust Him more that we can stand on the rock of Jesus Christ because we are literally being conformed into His image. He has put us on this path of life to be like Him, to think like Him, 
there's that battle that we're talking about every day to think like him. What would Jesus do? I like those little bracelets I used to pass around. It's a, a very uh, interesting thought and a very uh, productive thought to wonder, uh, what would Jesus do? If he was faced with what I'm faced with today, what would he do? Is it, would it be different? And the answer, of course, is no. We know that when he was taken up into the mountain by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan, how did he confront that situation? And we could break it down into every temptation was a different situation. And he did it by referring to God's Word, didn't he? Absolutely. You see, that's how we do it. That's how we confront the thoughts or the love of the things of the world. We're going to look at that a little bit this morning, talk about the things of the world. And in our text, verse 17, so we're in Second Peter chapter 1, in verse 17, and we read, For he received from God the Father honor and glory. Who is he? Jesus Christ. He received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from, from the excellent glory, saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Are we ever to be pleasing to God the Father? If we're in His Son, we are, see. Because He sees us through Him and through that blood that we just sang about. And this voice, verse 18, which came from heaven, we heard when we were with Him in the holy mount. It was a physical voice heard by their physical ears. Now, in verse 19, and we'll take our text from here this morning, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. I want you to know this morning that Sovereign Grace Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida, believes and knows that this is the authentic word of God right here. In the last verse of this chapter, says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by God, the Holy Spirit. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, verse 19, whereunto ye do well. There's the goal of our daily walk, isn't it? To do well in the sight of God. All right? We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, that you take heed to God's word. This prophecy, how as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. I want you to see this morning that the word of God is that light that shines in a dark place. Again, we're told uh, that Jesus Christ is the Word, and He is the light of the world. All right. So many examples of this, but I'm reminded of the Israelites when God, through Moses, brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out of Egypt. He told them exactly where to go, and they followed God's plan, God's path on the map. He told them where to go, and they ended up hemmed in 
against the desert, the wilderness, and the sea. Physically, by a, car- a carnal uh, comprehension of what's going on here, if you would, they didn't have a chance. They were fixing to get slaughtered and taken back into slavery. And they, they cried to Moses, why would you bring us out here just to slaughter us? But what I want you to notice, remember, we can go there. Exodus 14 is where it's at. The cloud. Remember the cloud? The Lord even told them what was going to happen. Chapter Exodus 14, 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pihirath, between Migdal and the sea, over against Beelzephon, before it it shall you encamp by the sea. So the Lord led them into this trap. Right? He did. That was his direction. And he even said in verse 3, For Pharaoh's going to say, Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They're entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. God knew that Pharaoh's heart was going to be hard. Why? Because he hardened it. You see, God's in control, isn't he? All right. But I want us to notice. I don't want to get too far off here. So, verse 19, and I wasn't sure I was going to turn here this morning, but it's a good place, and we have Exodus 14 and verse 19. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. Now, here we have Pharaoh and all of his army approaching them. They're hemmed in. They're trapped. But God was there in their presence. See, he never leaves his people. He comes between his people and the enemy. Every time. The angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them and the pillar of cloud went from before their face. He, it, he was in front of them. He went in behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of the Israel of Israel. And it was a cloud of darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that one came not near the other all the night. It was God's presence in the cloud, the angel of God, and we know in several circumstances that was the Lord. It was the same cloud But it was darkness to the Egyptians. But the same cloud was light to the Israelites. The same cloud. Now, God's Word is a light that shines in a dark place. Back to our scripture. Back to 2 Peter chapter 1. We have also, verse 19, a more sure word of prophecy, the word of God, whereunto ye do well that you take heed. Take heed is a serious term. Pay attention. Realize that it's for you. Look into it. Find out what God has for you. Whereunto ye do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Now, 
the, Is- the uh, Egyptians could not approach the Israelites because they couldn't see. I've been scuba diving almost 300 feet back in a cave. And if you turn your light off, that's the darkest dark gets as far as I know. You cannot literally see your nose on your faces. It's dark. But that light, you see, that light shows you where you are and where you're going. The Egyptians didn't have that light, did they? No, they were in darkness. So I want us to notice this morning the dark place. And we've been talking about the necessity of God's Word for us to be the way God has us on the path to be. I know that was a long sentence. God has us on a path. And we know by the life of Jesus Christ that that path has already been walked. He's already paved the way for the life that we're living today. So praise the Lord, following Him has significance when we think about that. He's already paved the way. Now, we are in a dark place as we, as we have taught about living in this world as a Christian and how difficult it is, how we get uh, even depressed or disappointed and sad when we see the people around us who don't know the Lord, when we see the organized world leaving God out of even existence in their mind, we see that the world is a dark place. A dark place. But we profit from God's Word when the Lord enlightens us that we can see and understand and discern the true character of the world. We talked a little bit last week about knowing our enemy. How if we knew we were going in battle with an enemy, we'd be Googling him. We'd want to know, hey, how does he do this? And what about this other battle? How did he do? And what did he do? And all of these things. So it's necessary for us to know what we're up against, doesn't it? And we know that it's from Ephesians chapter 6, that it's spiritual wickedness in high places. And it's referred to as darkness. This world that we live in is a dark place. So again, we profit from God's Word because He enlightens us to realize the character of this world. I got a Arthur Pink quote here I want to read. Arthur Pink says, The world is fallen human nature, acting itself out in the human family, fashioning the framework of human society in accord with its own tendencies and in the absence of God. That's what we're living in, isn't it? No wonder we're referred to so much as a separate people, as a peculiar people. The world is the organized kingdom of the carnal mind. And we know about the carnal mind, don't we? It's enmity or hatred against God, right? What about worldliness? We all fight worldliness, don't we? Absolutely. Every day because we're living in this dark place that we call the world. 
For worldliness is basically the world without God. Some may say, wait, there is no world without God. And you'd be right. There is no life without God. You'd be right. But what is it that we're learning to be and do in order to continue to grow in faith, to continue to be conformed to the image of Christ on a daily basis as we partake of Him in His Word. It's the mindset. It's the mindset, right? It's how we think. So I said worldliness is the world without God. But it's it's true. It's the world without God in the minds of people. You see, they want to leave God out of everything. They are leaving God out of everything in this organized kingdom of the carnal mind. That's the world. That's what we're facing. That's what we live in. So, I want us to notice that this battle that we face every day, it is in the mind. Does it get physical? Absolutely, it does. Because we're attacked by the enemy who's always present, isn't he? He's always present. He's always waiting for one of those thoughts to enter your mind so that he can energize it. But praise God, we have the light in us. And we realize that we belong to Jesus Christ. None can separate us. It was read this morning. Or any other creature. I love that. At the end of Romans chapter 8. Nothing can separate us from Him. But He is separating us from the world. He's a great Savior, isn't He? Man. Yeah, this Satan-controlled world, it lies to us, doesn't it? Lies to us about God and who He is if they even admit that there's an existence of a greater power. Satan lies to us about ourselves. And you know, he hadn't changed his life. Did God say that? Isn't that what he asked Eve? Did God say that? Nah, he didn't mean that. He just didn't want you to be as smart as he is. You know, that's the same lie today, isn't it? It is. Paul was careful to say that when he preached, he didn't use uh, tricky words or anything like that. He didn't use his education. And he had one, by the way. Saul was a smart fellow. But no, all he did was proclaim Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The lie is the same, isn't it? Oh, how can you believe that? That God is real and that He created all this stuff. Our smartest people are telling you what happened. It was a big explosion. It was a big explosion. That's sad, isn't it? To result to something that silly, if you will, in order for in the mind to be able to discount and deny God. But there's your enmity right there. Yeah, the natural heart is enmity against God. So, again, we fight this spiritual battle, this spiritual war every day with spiritual weapons. 
Again, I refer back to Jesus Christ on the mountain being tempted physically. He had to be at his weakest point, right? Forty days, no nourishment. But even at his weakest point, you see, he wielded the sword of God's Word, didn't he? And just as it does with us, it worked. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And God's Word is the powerful weapon in our hands. Oh, what a Savior to provide all that we need. Now, we realize that the only reason that we understand God's Word, the only reason that we perceive that it's for us and that He died on the cross for us personally is because it's been revealed to us by the One who wields the Word of God. No, it's the Holy Spirit. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit of God. He wields that sword, you see. We've talked about uh, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God being sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts down to the marrow, the deepest part, doesn't it? And that's what happens when God's Word is applied to us. And again, it's a daily need, isn't it? For us to be nourished and strengthened and to be able to stand, therefore, as Paul says, do all you can to stand. You put on the armor of God. We've talked about it. We put on that armor of God. We do all to stand. Stand, therefore, having everything held together with truth. Remember that? Truth. In the mind of the natural man, it's okay to change that truth a little bit. It's okay to come up with what I think's right. Mankind thinks it's fine to murder unborn children. That is so far from the truth, isn't it? So far. Yet, they follow this evil leader of this world, this little G-God, Satan, into believing a lie. Oh, did God really say that? Ah, you can make your own decisions. Who is he to tell you what to do? That's the lie, isn't it? Unfortunately, the world stands on the education that has been developed by people who hate God. That's why God is taken out of our schools. That's why today, I'll tell you, the access to the Bible and the knowledge of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is being buried. It's being withheld. People are being imprisoned and killed when found with it. Oh, we're blessed to be where we are. I hope we recognize that. God had us be born where we are because He works all things for our good. And he's watching after us. Oh, we're in a place of freedom where we can come together and do this. Obey him. Worship him. Fellowship 
around his word, that little taste of heaven. Oh, he's a great Savior, isn't he? The weapons that God has given us, they are supernatural. That's a big word these days. Everybody likes a superhero because he can do things that humans can't do. We've got a superhero, all right, and he's not natural. He's supernatural, isn't he? He has all the power in heaven and on earth. So these weapons that we have, it's the Word of God, isn't it? Even at the beginning of a sinful direction that we might take in our life, at the very beginning, where does it begin? In a thought. Now, you may get the thought from something you see or something you hear or something you even remember, but the weapon of God's Word is powerful to eliminate the very thought that would lead you in to further thinking, dwelling on, uh, coming to a place that you love something and of the world, and that it's easy. I know we can we can all uh, relate to this. God's word can even stop these things at the very thought of them. But we don't need to walk on it, do we? No, we need to pick it up. We could go back in Exodus and we can see where God told them what to do with it. They had to prepare it. They had to do something with it so that they could ingest it, digest it, and so that it would provide what they needed to be sustained for that day. Remember that. For that day. Remember, the next day it'd be rotten and full of worms. That's why it's so important that we put God first every day. So we profit from God's Word daily. As we learn, and it's this is one of those things that we learn over and over and over. I tend to have to learn things over and over and over. But when we learn that the world is an enemy to us, and it's an enemy that must be overcome not once and it's all done. Now, Jesus Christ overcame the enemy once and it's all done because he's God and he gave his perfect life. And God was pleased. We read it. Or Peter quoted it. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this is on, again, I know I keep saying this, but this is on a daily basis that we must resist and overcome the love of the world. It's a daily thing, isn't it? All right, turn over with me now to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. 1 John 5, 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So when we read this, we need to recognize who we are, don't we? We're his child because we believe in Jesus Christ. And everyone that loveth him, that beget loveth him also, that is begotten of him. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. 
Look into his word. Realize that it's for us and abide in it and go by it. Learn from it. Grow in it. Verse 3, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Oh, Peter. Peter, do you love me? Well, yeah. Well, feed my sheep. That's a commandment, by the way. And it's a commandment for us. Feed my sheep. When God does three times something three times, He's making a point, isn't He? And He did. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. We're born of God. Even in this daily battle, we are overcoming the world and its effect on us. And it does have an effect on us because we're still carnal. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. That's what God has freely given us. Faith in Him. Jesus Christ is the author of your faith and praise God. He's the finisher of it. Again, as Paul said in Romans 8, nor any other creature, nothing can separate you from what? The love of God. The love of God. John 16, not 1 John this time. John 16 and verse 25 says, These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. And that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. There's the faith. There's the faith that He's given us. I came forth from the Father, verse 28, and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto Him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you. Now notice the reason he said these things. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation. There's the battle. There's the battle. We have tribulation because we have to live in this dark place. But praise God, we have the light of Jesus Christ showing us the path through this life in a sinful world. In this world ye shall have tribulation. In this world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. In other words, 
there's that peace again in your heart. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. All the darkness that we face, it is nothing when the light hits it. When the light shines in this dark place, it's lit up, isn't it? It's lit up in our perception and in our understanding, and we comprehend the world, and therefore we are able to defend ourselves against the world. We're able to walk in the world yet without being worldly. Remember worldliness? It's a world without God, isn't it? It's a way of life without God. No, there is no without God because He's everywhere and He's in control of all things. But in the mind of people. See, that's where this battle's being played out this morning. It's in, the, in our minds. But praise God. He's already won the battle. The perfect life that He freely gave up for you and for me pleased God the Father. He pleased God for you and on your behalf. Boy, He's a great Savior, isn't He? May God bless the reading of His Word this morning and bring us back safely again according to His perfect will to worship Him in spirit and in truth here in this local assembly.